<laughs> it's just, uh, I totally get it. It's like, and it's the only time there's an ambulance or a fire truck or anything in my neighborhood is when I'm sitting down to do a voiceover. <laughs> and then it's like, everybody's like, oh, crime. We have to do crime right now. <laughs> Um, I love the idea, by the way, of somebody watching you just waiting for the moment that you do voiceover work to go and start doing. He's crime. in the chair. He's in the chair. Go, go. <laughs> just like yeah. a, a whole team of people. Yeah, very yeah. beginning of the dark night. They fucking Ocean's Eleven me. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, sorry, totally off topic. I just saw a report. I don't know what movie it is, but there's some Jennifer Lawrence movie that I think's a Netflix Every movie. single you, fucking you person is in. It's unbelievable. It's, uh, it's Adam McKay. Is it? Oh, that is, makes more sense. Is, okay. Is good. But yeah, it was like Streep, DiCaprio, Jonah Hill, Kate Blanchett. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Like what? Yeah, I just saw this yesterday. Chalamet. Um... Is it, yeah, right. <laughs> is it on Zoom? Is it on Zoom? Ariana no, no, Grande? Uh, really? Not kidding. Yeah. Um, Jonah Hill. So, you know, just A-listers down the, from top to bottom. Uh, and then, I, but, and I like the, uh, I, welcome back to 3M Affairs, I guess we're recording now, <laughs> by the way. Uh, but I like the conceit of it, which is two astronomers. I don't know who's playing the, the main characters out of the fucking A-listers. Um they like discovered a report, I guess that like a meteor is going to crash into the earth and blow it up. And they're trying to like get the news out, but everybody's like, no science isn't real. Oh, sure. So could be good. And it's, I think it's, I think they said it was a Netflix original. So freedom affairs podcast where we literally start our conversations talking about movies. Isn't that great? Yeah. <laughs> I saw a trailer for, um, <laughs> actually on YouTube because we were for watching what we were discussing today. And it's with Jessica Chastain, uh, the mother from Us, um, and 12 Years a Slave. What's her name? I can't, I'm not going to be able to pronounce it. Do your best. No. <laughs> it's Lupita Nyongo. Thank you. Oh, um, oh And okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, Penelope Cruz is in it. And they're all like, they're all like CIA kind of like hot. It's almost like the, it's from the Jason Bourne producers or the uh, Bourne supremacy producers. So it's like cool action-y right. kind of like. Women, but it's like set the trailer is set to the soundtrack of like Run This Town. And so like it was pretty it was pretty cool. I was like, okay, I could go for an action movie right now. You know? They're telling <laughs> you that they're women, but they're also badass. Have Which you, is good. Have you <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry, the- really really quickly, just before we get into anything else, I did have an announcement. I'm sorry. Uh there's a clarification, there's a redaction, and I have to set the record straight. Brandon. Yeah. A few episodes ago, you recommended Uh-oh. Tombstone to us. Uh-huh. And uh, in the episode where that happened, which was the Apocalypse Now episode towards the end, you were like, we're going to watch Tombstone. And then I said, oh, that's like a dad movie. That's a movie that my dad would watch. Yeah. Uh, I was <laughs> contacted by my dad recently. <laughs> uh, you know when your parents are like, we need to talk? Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> and I called him and he and he said, hey, I don't like that fucking movie. <laughs> I hate Tombstone. I would never watch that. Amazing. And he wanted Amazing. and he wanted me to make sure I went on the record saying I was wrong about that. So. I I think even more so. I think That's kind of uh, amazing, we, actually. we need to get him to recommend a movie now. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll ask him for my next. What is what? What is his dad? Movie? What is a day? Yeah. Uh, so I just thought that was very funny. Also very terrifying. Cause sure. it's never also, like, just call. He never just calls me. It's always like, Hey, call me. 
<laughs> like you oh, call yeah. me then. No punctuation or punctuation. Uh, the very <laughs> definitive period end of punctuation. It's like you guys know that, right? Like the period means like bad now, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The period where means, like if uh, you like say hello with a period, it's not a proper sentence or like a greeting. No, it's, it's, it's more it's like, like uh, whoa, am I in trouble? And that's the thing. I'm almost thirty weird? fucking years old, and I'm still worried about getting in trouble. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I mean, but this is why text messages cause problems. Yeah, this is why you should know one should ever text. Of yeah. problems. That's why no one should ever talk. Everyone should just- Um that's that's hilarious though. Yeah, it was it, it made me laugh a lot. <laughs> I do not like Tombstone. I do not like <laughs> He was like, I hate that fucking movie. Yeah, I was like, all right, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought it was okay. Well, I'm glad that you redacted that. Yeah, no, it was very important. But sorry, yeah. I, I didn't mean to interrupt. We were talking about no. fucking uh, Jessica Chastain being a bad bitch. No, she's, I mean, what's great about like movies like Ocean's 8 and stuff that allows women to kind of be like, hey, look, look what we can do is that the outfits and the fashion is always so like spot on. Like they always come in with these like sexy pants suits and like these gowns and like, and they're like, oh yeah, but I also have a gun on my, you know, on my hip that I could <laughs> kill you with. You know, like yeah, it's, it's just awesome, cool. dude. Cause like men, it's just suits. Men, is, it's so boring. It's just, suits, I like a suit. You, know? you don't like a suit? I like a suit on certain occasions, but if I can, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Brandon, what's your thoughts on suits v pants, suits v dresses? I, uh, well, <laughs> I, I think as you guys know, I, I, my fashion varies heavily day to day. Yeah. You, so, you are very, uh, diverse in your wardrobe yeah so i uh when I, I i like a good opportunity to dress up in a suit it's even better on set when i don't have to worry about my own hair and all that <laughs> bullshit because my hair is a fucking nightmare why can't, it my, never why does. can't life just be like a movie set you know what i mean like i, I mean most like I, dress you and a lot of the times it, it i mean so much of my wardrobe and what i wear is based off of days i've been on set and wardrobe people have been like yeah, yeah, this is like a style, and then I just go and get that. Oh, okay, I'll go buy seven of these shirts. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's happened. Brandon, what would your your first like big premiere, like high profile, what what would your look be? Do you think? You'd- um, yeah, two possibilities. So it's it's two possibilities depending on what it is. I'd either go real classic. You know what I mean? Like real classic, old school, three-piece suit. Black like tie. Really tailored. Yeah, yeah like. Double-breasted, um, single-breasted? Come on. Uh, Single-breasted. Okay. And, and also, because like I generally, I don't know, look like a hobo, I guess. So it's good when I, you know, clean up and uh, <laughs> and slick down. Or I'd go like the other way and get like a red jacket or that type of thing, you know? Mm. Or a green like, jacket. Almost do like, and, a, like a hobo couture. Almost like make it, make it a fashion. Thing. Own it. Own it. Get the, no, I just more get the designer you know, hoodie, get the designer hoodie and like the, you no, know, I that just like meant nice more like, tailored pants. I meant more like my, my face, you know? Mm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, shave and, you know, comb my hair maybe and not be a jackass. So, you know, it's just the normal things. I would do, um, can we cut all of this? God damn. No, no, <laughs> never. I, especially not this next part. I would want to do what the South Park guys did when they went to the Oscars, which is dress, oh, yeah. <laughs> dress up in drag and drop acid. <laughs> and like, and not, but not just drag. They dressed up specifically in like famous outfits that like 
uh, I think it was like JLo and somebody else had worn the year before. Mm. And yeah, and they got their they got the wigs done and they got their makeup yeah. done. Just yeah. Yeah. thing. Have you ever good. seen the the footage of them on the carpet? They're mm-hmm. like tweaking it's, out. They're like, it's such a magical night. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, I love it. That's what I would do. I mean, I would I would probably go more. I'd probably be more traditional because I do like <laughs> what Caleb what Caleb says. I do like a, a nice suit. I don't know if I would do like the tie or anything like that. I would do like a Ooh, a color. That's like, a bold move. A colored a colored button up shirt. That's nice with a jacket and and slacks and stuff. Um, you know, but like, but yeah, there's a time and place. I would probably do that with a nice with a nice shoe, good lines. You know, I would also have Ryan with me, so you know. But uh, I just changed my mind. I would go bow tie for sure. Black suit. I, I feel like clean, looking at you, Brandon. You would. You would uh, exactly classic, what you're wearing yeah. now, but a bow tie also. <laughs> <laughs> Hoodie. Hoodie. White, white t-shirt, t-shirt. Bow tie. Uh, boat sh- boat Head- shoes. Board shorts. Bow tie. Headphones. Headphones. <laughs> <laughs> and then anytime anyone tries to ask you a question, you go, Oh, sorry. These are noise canceling. It's, uh, <laughs> so wait, sorry. I can't hear you. <laughs> All right, we're just fucking around. All right. Yeah. <laughs> fucking around on the podcast. Hey, it's our, uh, it's our platform, you know, and if this is how we want to spend our time. Well, totally that be, I mean, there are just awful pictures of me in suits that don't fit and put together from like premieres before school. Mm-hmm. So I'm like 20 something. And I just, it's not a good look. I learned that lesson. Yeah. Like if I'm going to go to a premiere, I got to clean up and you know, Yeah, I mean, there's a little, so, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, you guys doing okay. You guys good. Checking in. <laughs> yeah. Doing great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, things are a little, uh, a little weird here in Toronto with Corona and everything, but that is what it is. Um, you know, but bar hours are cut down. Yeah. Uh, bars are back to patios only. So, yeah, you know, we uh, we're out. we're on. I think Manhattan's on the ver- on the verge. We had an uptick last week, yeah. and so we're we're like on the verge, which sucks because like I had a good week, you know, kicked my ass, you know, uh, yeah, bet, serving and stuff. So now I'm, we're, it's it's a uh, you know my roommate Antoine put it perfectly. We are a bar trying to be a restaurant without the resources of a restaurant. So like the item, like I have to hand write all of the the items that they ordered for the night oh, to like total Jesus up to like then run it. Cause we don't have a POS system. Cause usually we just do car. We're just a bar. Right. So it's just mm-hmm. usually people were at the bar and get their shit. But now that we're like table service, it's, mm-hmm. you know, and then, but unfortunately people still, you know, and then they tip like it's a, you know, they still tip like it's a bar, you know? So it's like $2 on like a, like a $30 thing, you know? So like, yeah, it's just people, like, people suck, <laughs> you know, it's hard because we also have people that stay for a while. Um, right. And, and so it's, it's just hold a table. It's yeah. A Cause thing. it's a bar. You know, yeah. So, so I dude, I get that's tough. I'm sorry. It's it's hard, but like I'm you know, I'm I'm like fingers crossed that we at least have a couple of months where we can kind of be I don't think we'll go to fifty percent like they said we potentially could be going at like November. I think that's like the, the time I think New York is going to fifty percent, but like I I just don't see that happening. But I'm like worried that right when I'm about to like keep budgeting and things like that, we're just going to like shut down again yeah. which is a completely possibility for this like for the winter time but you know i am still on unemployment i did get partial unemployment uh you know sorry little business here but like you know so that's good i'm still in the system for whenever they get their shit together but like it's just kind of a, a weird transition but then my body just hurts all the time because you know like i haven't done this in like bar backing bar you know serving yeah. is like in like it's an it's a an ability that you have to like build up to like 
you have to work a few weekends before you're in shape to like do that yeah. without dying. So it was an interesting thing. It was, I'm, but I'm really glad it's like, it definitely helps mentally, you know, having that small schedule to like go to. So, um, but yeah, so it's, we'll see. Like, yeah, I'm hanging in there. I'm good. Um, I'm excited for today's podcast. We had a really busy, you know, been a busy week, busy, busy week. <laughs> busy um, weekend. we just, you know, we got done. We had our, uh, Tim Kalkoff on earlier in the week where, you know, everybody can see that on Twitch now. Um, our twitch.tv slash shame affairs podcast. The interview is there and, you know, it was, it was good. Um, unfortunately, sad in my heart, Caleb wasn't able to, to join us. Yeah, um, no, there was a brief contract dispute, but now that I'm back to getting paid the most <laughs> amount of money out of the three of us, I can come back on the show. And Look, we just didn't want to have a caller daddy situation, so uh, we all had to sit down and just talk it out. Yeah. Yes. Um, I was unhappy because I feel... I don't want to keep doing this bit. Yeah, no, it's, it's not a good bit. It's a sad bit. None of us are getting paid. Um, <laughs> Yet, hopefully. Yeah, no, I, I was year. sad to miss it. Uh, I don't know. Well, I... <laughs> I don't know how how deep you guys got into the movie. Um, very, very deep. We 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 talked a lot of moments and things like that. And he, uh, Tim, was very generous in talking about the writer and and his script and how he got the role and like what kind of how the director filmed it. You know, there are moments. Yeah. Um, well, what do you, I mean? What did what did you think of it? You know, I liked it. Uh, I definitely him and uh, him being Tim and. Um, I think her name's Sarah, Sarah the lead actress. Yeah. I was I was particularly impressed by. I thought they were yeah. 100%. They, I was like, okay, these guys yeah. can like carry a fucking movie. They they were they were incredible. I and and then so it was. I mean, we got to uh, ask him very specifically, you know, about about certain moments. Uh, the the scene at the end, right when he breaks that, yeah, that real moment. I mean, we we got uh, it, we thought you know it was it was very interesting going through with him beat by beat and how they filmed it, you know, exactly what the director was doing. He was saying how, you know, first take, they did the slaps. Obviously, you know, that helped him with everything. Mm-hmm. Second take, the director told the other guy to go up and hug him Damn. and just threw him off. And so so it was like, like, what the hell's going on? What the hell's going on? Third take, slap again. And that was the take. <laughs> Damn. That's and cool. it's just like, right? Amazing. And this just, was, this was Ophir's debut feature film. You know, back in well, 2017. I uh, I read a little bit about the product. It's fucking crazy how mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys got into this too. I'm sure you did, but how they he applied for like all these grants and all these yeah. programs and got rejected from fucking everyone until yep. Jerusalem yep. Film Board, I think it was. And they only gave like, ninety thousand dollars, and, and which to, is like not a lot of money, you know, for a feature film. Nothing. So the fact that you know they he went through all of that and didn't give up, got his money, got to make the movie that he made. And it came out like pretty decent. Like there's some stuff I didn't like about it, but I think like contextually, uh, I thought it was, you know, a really great first feature. And there were lots of, like you said, Brandon, there were lots of moments I really liked. And then even the, you know, what we were talking about, the production quality of it. I wouldn't have guessed it was only that, 90 grand. Yeah, I, I didn't. I mean, so uh, me and Josh talked about this, like even before the podcast last time, because I even came on and was like, dude. I can't believe that that movie only cost $900,000. That's mm-hmm. crazy. And Josh is like, no, no, you're, you're adding a zero, 90. I'm like, no, no, there's no. I was like, there's no way they shot that for 90. And he was like, look it up. And it's like, they shot, like it's, it's, it's unbelievable to make a movie that looks that good, that professional, um, 
for 90 grand, I mean, I'd be surprised if people are not throwing money at him to make more movies. Yeah, you get to, to see what he can do with literally no money. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, there are some of the, I mean, like the lowest budget indie movies are still made for a million dollars. So, like, the fact that, like, exactly <laughs> less than fucking, you know, uh, like, this is way less than those, like, like, uh, we're going to get a YouTube star movies and just, you know, throw that out. Like, it, yeah. this is way less than, than the amount well, of money that a movie like that about, got. He talked about how, you know, especially with the, the kiss scene, he said that he kept stopping him before the kiss because the, the time they kissed on film, well, that's the first time they've ever kissed. They mm. didn't. They didn't rehearse much or whatever. They didn't have, they I, mean, had I believe days, that because he was, he looked really fucking uncomfortable yeah. in and, like in, in character. I mean, yeah. But and yeah. I think yeah. in reading like the, the, the critics, what they said about it and stuff like that is in going back. Cause I, I think I saw it twice and it's still that, that slap and that cathartic, just like, cause I'm like, bitch, you just got to tell her, you know? And then yeah. the way that the way they, the way the director pieced it together and edited it, like with doing like the flashbacks, getting more of the Oren and uh, Thomas's relationship but towards the end and not like all at the beginning, I thought it was very interesting. And like, you know, it obviously it, people enjoyed enough. It got, it was Israel's official selection to be considered for foreign film. Yeah. I don't think it was shortlisted, but um, it was, but it was, it was in the running, but um, they, they, Israel was like, yeah, this one, which is so interesting because the core of it is, and that's something I didn't even fucking think about. Like, Cause I'm a dumbass, but when I <laughs> was like reading about it, it was like, Oh, he's a German who, who goes to Israel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not thinking about the wider implications of what that meant at all until they brought it up in the movie. I was like, Oh, <laughs> I understand. I'm just fucking stupid. Yeah. Obviously that's like a, like a, you know, a, 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 a subject that's ripe for this kind of drama. And then to have the woman be like, I'm not religious. And you can see well, like, the Orthodox and the kosher, you know, the other and, people yeah. in her life being like, Oh, you bitch. Like it's, it was just very, very interesting. Yeah. And, and I, and I, and I think, um, again, uh, Tim's performance is like a fish out of water with a big secret. Um, and I'm really impressed because yeah. like he told us at the end, cause he, when you see him, he's, he's very, He's a skinny person, right? And he said that or uh, Ophir, he had six months to prepare, and that included gaining some weight because he mm. wanted Thomas to be boyish, like look kind of flabby, boyish, innocent, mm. whatever. Especially with him going through all the—I don't know if we got into it. Like, it's this—it's the things that aren't said, and we're going to talk about that because I think that's a great segue to Dark Place because there's a <laughs> big quote about people who. Right in subtext, but that like Cake oh, Maker is a movie of subtext of like you just have these scenes with these act like Sarah Adler. I'm I'm she when yeah she I was never heard of that, her before and she was fucking amazing. She's in Foxtrot. Uh, I need to watch Foxtrot now because that's another big movie that she did right before. Mm-hmm. Uh, act, yeah, right before and the guy who played Modi is I think in Foxtrot as well. Um, but. You know her with the with the phone and the voice messages, and her like not not wanting to because she has like the inkling in her back of her head, and then the grandma, all kind of like yeah, the grandma's like oh, obviously this is what the situation is like immediately because like it's a grandma, you know. (laughs) So it was know everything. It was great. Hopefully, uh, you know Tim's great. We have his contact contact information. So like if we, you know. He was the man. Hi, reach out. I I, I I am very sad that I missed it, and I'm glad that you guys got to have that experience. But yeah, it's it's a cool it's a cool movie. And now that I know that you know what I know about it too, like the backstory, I de- it's definitely like a filmmaker who I'm gonna like keep my eyes out. Yeah, you know, for whatever he, he does has next. a short from 20 
11. Uh, don't remember that date because I remember, but it's called A Prayer in January. And it's it's a short, a seven minute short about, again, because he, Ophir, I think his thing is he tends to go into the, the Orthodox mm-hmm. kind of thing. And then the gay themes is another gay theme, but I couldn't find it because it's only over. The, I think I need like a VPN or something to try and to get go it because yeah. it's, it's only in Israel. Like it's only in um, Hebrew and stuff like that. But I was like, I wanted to to watch it to see some of her stuff, but it's it's very hard to get. It's very on it's on lockdown because Brandon, you said it took you four hours to find Cake Maker. Oh my god, yeah, um, <laughs> dude, it was it was a nightmare. There was a point at two in the morning before you know uh, finding it where I was in the I was in my garage, and I will not lie, I was like, God damn it, Josh. Well, because I I guess I didn't like realize like renting on Amazon Prime here yeah either isn't the same I, in Canada I guess no it, it it should be so I obviously like I you know use a VPN for whatever and, and jump around <gasps> but you need a uh, oh god to I was buy like, to buy like an episode of something on like Amazon Prime in the states or in the UK or whatever they to stop what I'm doing I guess or what other people are doing <laughs> allegedly they yeah. don't dry uh, snitch on yourself man. They uh, they need you to have a credit card from there, which I didn't think about because when I lived in New York, obviously I had cards and stuff from there, so yeah, I didn't yeah, think yeah. about it, you know. Oh, but uh, right. yeah, I ended up having to torrent it and things like that, and then the torrents or why do I keep saying any of this? I had to look for it online, but I couldn't find it anywhere with with the subtitles, which was the bigger issue. So then I had to find oh, the subtitles yeah. on its own and and. Oh, and well, then what you out. ended up when you ended up doing is like express ordering a Blu-ray from Germany, right? Yeah, I got yeah, yep, yeah. That's, that's what exactly you ended what up I doing. Yeah, I I actually found your a conscience that- caught up to you at the eleventh hour, and you're like, no, this is not the way I'm going to do it. <laughs> this is a ter- this is terrible, and um, uh, I'm not super frustrated that they made it impossible to find, even though I really no. wanted to watch it. Yeah, of course, uh, and 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 promote it and all that. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. instead, I actually uh, I hopped on on Zoom with a buddy from Germany who live streamed it for me. Yeah. Which he had also bought, there. you know. Right. He, no, no. Yeah. he bought it he, twice, specifically for the copy at the time that you oh, watched it. He bought it. the deluxe edition yeah, 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 that yeah. you're, it says on the back, you're allowed to share with up to four people. Oh, it's like a video game. <laughs> this yeah. supports up to four pe- people play. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. So, uh, so we're, we're all good. It's clear. But no, yeah. Uh, to be, yeah, I don't, I don't know why they must have some weird um, things going on with the uh, licensing in Canada. Cause yeah, it was, it's locked. It was locked down. It is fucking yeah. crazy. Like distribution rates, how it actually like harms yeah. the creators unless you're doing like a triple a, like a big studio release or whatever. Like, and you know, you're getting your movie onto everything everywhere, like a bl- big blockbuster and Oscar winner or whatever. But yeah, like it's, there's like region a B and C and like, they're not allowed to play on any other player. And yeah. you know, there's like one, if you have like your movie has like a, in Europe, it has to be a different company in Asia and America. It's all mm. silly. And well, cause I, you get, I, cause you lose jet, like, you know, it, not the perfect movie, but a, a gem, like something that's like at least sincere and sweet and like artfully made. Like yeah, this like is a story Maker. that somebody yeah. wanted to tell. And, and it, it, I think people that, should that. watch it, especially yeah. a, a gay man yeah. in terms of just like that. Because we've all we've all been there, you know, having that love that yeah, only visits we, you <laughs> once a month and that you try and go because you're missing that connection and you want to be closer. It's a very universal. Yeah, and but, then they die in a car crash. In the car and and a car crash. You have to go, you know, go to the, you know have a relationship with their wife. And yeah. It's just like- this is a very universal experience we've all had. <laughs> no, no, no. But, but, it, but in a real way, I was, I was surprised about what the story turned out to be. Yeah. I, I thought it was much more of a, uh, like gay focused story. And then it turns into this whole, obviously polyamorous love type 
story, which was yeah, just like very, very interwoven. Fluid, like what is, yeah. you know, when yeah. you're, well, I think it turned well, into a, a more, yeah, love story more broadly yeah. than, I mean, it, right, those, like, exactly, which was beautiful. I like, right? I like really, that aspect of it a lot. You felt the love on both sides of this character, you know, for both of them. I was very frustrated because I was like, any any issue that came up in the second half of the movie could have been avoided with a conversation. Just like, hey, yeah, like, why don't you? Tell? And I understand, like, I get it, but at the same time, I'm like, none of this would be happening if you had just not been a creep. Yeah. Like, if you just been like, hey, hey, listen, this is you know, thing. but it's hard, and I and I understand, you know. and there's the culture, and then you know, and then like, as, I do understand, like, as soon as the guy was like, you can't touch the fucking oven, I would have been like, oh, I maybe I shouldn't say it any of this other shit so like i understand i can't fucking the whole cult that all that all shit you know and that and not i'm not making a judgment about anything but it, i was just so like that's insane the the kosher, <laughs> kosher law and the, the kosher law yeah you know it's it this, is, i felt the same way <laughs> you know it just was so the, with the the anger and the vitriol and it was like i was just trying to do something nice it was yeah. like yeah well now this is ruined <laughs> we must that guy that guy did a really good job too. He was at, great. At, he was, he was yeah. great. Yeah. yeah well, was also, good. that was one of the, like Tim was like, that's the nicest. He's like the nicest guy ever as well, which like you would kind of expect. They always are. The guys that, like that good you know at playing, I mean? yeah. uh, uh, you know, kind of a dick. Um, that being said, talking about phenomenal performances that are just rich in realness. Uh, so we watched a show this week. Caleb, you want to no, intro? No, no, no. The better, the better transition, Brandon, I'm sorry, is subtext talking about subtext and how, those that write and you know subtext. I know writers who use subtext and they're all <laughs> cowards. <laughs> that might be my that might be my favorite quote. Um, there endless amount of quotes. There are endless. So I it was my turn after a long hiatus, and I had us watch a television series from 2004, which is about a television series from the 80s. <laughs> Excuse me, called Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Created by Matthew Holness and Richard Ayoade, directed by Richard Ayoade, all six episodes. Um, I didn't know that. He's a great director. Uh, he's directed a movie called Submarine, which I like, the double. Um, but anyway, sorry. Uh, it tells the story of a fictional horror writer named Garth <laughs> Marenghi, who is sort of like a Stephen King, I guess, or I don't know what a what a better analogy would be, but he's incredibly full of himself uh has written many many books and he made a foray into television in the 1980s with a show called garth Marenghi's dark place and uh the show is like a fictional retrospective of that show where like he you get garth and his producer dean lerner and actor todd rivers talking about the impact and the artistry of this long lost gem that was never broadcast in Europe, but it, it did, it did have a brief run in Peru. <laughs> uh, um, uh, guys, I, I'm a big fan. I've, I've uh, been a fan for a few years now. What did you think Wait, of real, this show? Real quick. But like they create, they wrote it so that they could change the, what's, what is it? It's like the evolution of man or like change their <laughs> Well, mind. all he asks is that his writing has changed the way you think about life. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only thing that he wants. <laughs> and it definitely it definitely did for sure. I thought long and hard. Um no, I I liked it. It's it's witty, it's smart. Um dumb, but I but what I was talking to Caleb a little bit before this is like that's that's why it's it's good, is because it knows it's 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 parodying this genre, this like B list class like eighties horror drama down to like the soundtrack and the music and the bad special effects and editing and things like that. Like it's all, 
intentional and then it's yeah okay hats off you know the 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 editing specifically is purposefully i mean it's supposed to be a terrible production obviously the (laughs) editing specifically uh caught me off guard so many times in such a funny way where it's just you know people moving around that shouldn't you know just shots that don't add up on purpose and it's just there's so many funny moments like I i don't even remember what episode it was in but there's that uh, moment it's like the zombies and they're at the funeral and the zombie guy like pops back up and he's shooting them and <laughs> then it the keeps guy. switching but then it keeps switching to Richard Aote who's like standing there beside him and then it's like a separate shot of him like 10 feet away with a shotgun and yeah, like and just shooting at it goes back, like yeah and, and, and it's just these hilarious shots that don't make <laughs> any sense but are so clearly made to not make sense and they're taking it so seriously that it it, it was hilarious I worry though me and Caleb talked about this the other day that had I not known that it was Richard Aote, who I'm already like a massive fan of, then the the guy from uh, What We Do in the Shadows, uh, what, what's his name? Matt Berry. Matt Berry. And then, you know, as you watch it, you, you have Stephen Merchant pops up for a second and like all these other people pop up. Did you see Noel Fielding? He's kind of hard to spot. No. Where was Noel? He's uh, in the fourth episode. Uh, he's like the ape guy that they chase on the bikes. Oh, <laughs> that makes sense. Um, he's pissing in the fucking water. And, uh, the one his, who's his, like, ooh, a bike. Yeah, and and his comedy partner, Julian Barrett, is the vicar, uh, Padre, who's mm, in a mm, bunch mm, of episodes. Mm. Uh, he's fucking yeah. great. Um, but I, but I yeah. wonder, right, if I, if I didn't immediately recognize all those people and know their style of comedy, if I had just seen the first episode if I would have just thought this is what it is and not been able to take it as a comedy. Look, if I just randomly stumbled upon this on TV, would I have just thought it was a weird indie flick that was terribly done from like the seventies, you know, I, I can probably chime into that. Cause I, I don't, I'm not familiar with any of these people. Um, as you guys are. Yeah. I mean, I would have thought it was done, but it was fucking funny. Like, yeah. but I still, the thing is like, I still laughed genuinely at these like jokes. Like, even the opening shot of of uh, um, Liz walking, like I don't know how you do that as an actor, but you walk to the desk and you're like, "Hi, I'm here to check. I'm Liz." No, whatever, she's whatever. like, "I just graduated from doctor school at Harvard Yale or whatever the fuck." <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, it's like I would I would have been like, "What the fuck is this?" And then I because it's 20 minutes, you're like, "Okay, what is this?" And then I would probably keep going, but it would be stupid. And then you reach do research and then it's like i feel like Like, a big tip off would have been when they cut to the documentary retrospective and they haven't aged at all (laughs) (laughs) it would have been a big tip off like oh maybe this is all a big fucking joke (laughs) so i'm just to brandon's point though of like of being turned off by being like what the hell is this i'm I'm not going to touch this if i didn't know about it is like no i mean it's I think itself is, I think it's, they're smart enough as creators yeah. to know that like any, I, 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 I be careful of saying this. I don't want to generalize, but like those that have some sort of like background in, or at least have watched enough TV or at least have critically thought about a lot of different things could, I think, pick this up and be like, Oh, what, what, what are these guys trying to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, it's yeah. a small enough. It's got a pretty obvious satirical angle. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's not trying to be, you know, I do. No. I would love to meet the person that takes it at face value though. And it's like, wow, <laughs> these people are fucking arrogant. And like, yeah, this is a bad show. <laughs> <a> terribly acted <laughs> show. <laughs> yeah. No, um, 
But I mean, I did, it did take me a couple episodes to get into it. And now I like, now I want to go back through it. Right. Because by the end of it, I was like in it and I, I can barely remember stuff from the first like two or three That's episodes. That's what I told you know? Caleb. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I, it's definitely something like it's, it's got a, a lot of joke density, like things mm-hmm. are getting thrown at you. Like not only just like what you were saying, Brandon, like visually, like there's so many like visual gags and like editing and soundtrack gags. And then like the things they say are so fucking ridiculous that like a, a first watch isn't enough. Like I, I, this yeah. is like, the third or fourth time I've like sat through it all the way, like all six. And there's still things that I picked up on that I hadn't noticed before, just because like it is a lot to, to get into. So I, I think a second watch through is, is kind of like even better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, and then like for me, like once I realized what it was and that, you know, the dry humor, like you said, it's just them ripping off these random lines and jokes and whatever they can think of in the best of ways, which is like, I actively go on YouTube and watch like 25 minute montages of like, him on uh like eight out of ten cats and the quiz shows and stuff and like richard aoti just being that dry so like to see it in this show in a, in a different context is hilarious he's i think my favorite performance out of like the four lead ones richard aoti because uh, he's like so one th- one thing i think that this show is really brilliant at is they you have like the frame narrative right of like these are like the real people quote unquote And then it's like, okay, now we're going into the dark place where they're playing the characters. They all perform in the show within a show the way that their characters would act. Like, it's actually, like, really layered and smart. Hmm. Like, Garth Marenghi is a very obnoxious, (laughs) like, arrogant person. He's very pompous. And the way that Garth Marenghi plays Rick Daglas, yeah. Dr. Rick Daglas, MD, is like perfectly in. It's not just an actor playing two different characters. Yeah. It's an actor playing a character playing a character. And it totally tracks. Like the way that, because sure, it's yeah. like, I wrote, star directed all the episodes of Dark Place. And you can tell that every episode is designed to inflate his ego. Uh, like any scene with the kids where the, kid, <laughs> the kids always have their one line and be like, you're the best doctor. I couldn't, you know, if you need any help or whatever, let it- thanks for saving my life. It's like shit like that. <laughs> and it's, and it, it's all brilliant. And I, and I specifically think the reason why Richard Iowades is my favorite because as Dean Lerner, he's like laid back and he's very smooth and he's got that big fucking cigar <laughs> and he's like, you know, <laughs> I've worked with Lulu and four other people. <laughs> like he's just, he's just like totally clueless, but as Dean, uh, no, sorry. As, um, fuck, what's his character's, uh, name? Uh, it's Dean Lerner. And then, um, look it up. Fuck. Oh God. As, but as, as the guy in Darkly, I can't believe I fucking forgot. Um, Thornton, uh, Thornton, Reed Thornton. He's, he just delivers. He's like, I'm not an actor. And he delivers everything completely straight. Like, yeah. these are my lines and I'm going to say everything like this. And then he's constantly like looking at the camera and then <laughs> uh, he'll go into his serious voice. Like, I just think it's so fucking brilliant and perfect. And it's the it's like the perfect way to make fun of that style of acting yeah. that like you can't ask like a, nor- like a normal person would be able to come up with that stuff. Yeah. The lines that he has are fucking incredible. You um, have to like, you have to have uh, like almost like a, a masterful sense of what like I would I would have to say like writing something like this would have to be very very complex complex complicated just more complex 
because of all the, like what you said, the layered aspect to it of making sure that you look at the camera at the right time to give off the, the effect of a bad actor. But it's, but you're playing the actor who's the bad actor in this thing. And it's like, it's like you almost have to know the rules to break them type of a, exactly, like a very bad, exactly. I mean, that's a very simplified thing to it. Um, but yeah, it's like the, you have to know that structure very, 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 very well in order to fuck with it. And, you know, that they did it very well. Yeah. My, my, one of my things I loved is like, you didn't really know who was, they were pretty liberal in the use of voiceover while the people were talking. And like, I couldn't tell if it was, um, <laughs> Garth, like, was it the, the guy who was playing, uh, the guy who's in what we do in the shadows. I forget his name. Matt Berry. Was, Ma- uh, Matt Berry. Todd Rivers as Lucian Sanchez. Yeah. Mr. Sanchez, Dr. Sanchez was that, was that Barry's voice, Matt Barry's So voice? it is his voice, but all of his lines are ADR'd on purpose. And so ah. he's so he's giving these really over-the-top line readings. Yeah. And you can tell they're purposefully not synced up correctly. Great. So okay. it is it is his voice, but he's putting it on and also they're all looped in. Great. And they said okay. that was a choice to have him because and this is why it's brilliant. If you pay attention, the at the actor, Todd Rivers, is an alcoholic. And so he would show up and not be able to like be doing a good job on set. So they had to redub all of his lines and he does the, I, <laughs> see, I totally missed that. And that's something that you but pick up on with more, you know what I mean? Cause yeah. it is so subtle, but then like, yeah. you know, where he's like, you two were bodies. <laughs> it makes me laugh. His, he's, he's sober. He's really brilliant too. And then like, you can he tell there are there are there are moments where like they'll have the camera on him and his mouth is not moving, but he's speaking lines and it's just so like when he does his like karate shit, it's yep. so good. It's so fucking funny. Or when yeah. he's he's getting attacked by the appliances. <laughs> <laughs> when he screams with the iron and he's like, That's smarts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm down. They're coming for you now. They're coming for you now. Yeah. I, anytime there was a phone and it would just be like, here's all the information that I'm saying, and then they would hang up, they'd pick it back up. Yeah, little shit like that. Or there was a monologue. I don't. I think it was the end of the fifth episode or the end of the sixth episode before they go into like you know the bookend with uh, the the writer. Mm-hmm. But it's like them wrapping up in the office and they're giving the whole speech and it's just the camera on a plant. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it keeps cutting back to like different static yeah. shots at the office because they had to like. I mean, yeah, there's one where it's like, so we lost this footage, but we have stills and stills we were able to recreate with voice actors. And it's just a bunch of like, it's just so fucking funny. And you have to imagine that like in the actual like real world, when like Richard Iwata and Matthew Holness created mm. the show, it's like, okay, we don't have a lot of money. So like, how can we use our like lack of budget to the effect? Okay, we'll create a show that didn't have a budget. And then we'll create a retrospective documentary to talk about that show purposefully with how bad it is but they're so unself-aware like we're talking to josh like okay they didn't have a single shot of a fucking car in this show but they have when they show them driving it's clearly in a blacked out garage and (laughs) it's like an old go-kart skeleton and they're like moving their hands like this really crazy it's just so fucking like i don't know i i think it's a really big accomplishment i think this show is impressive but what's also yeah go ahead there you go um i was saying more so like but like in 2004 creating a show that looks like it was plucked out of like the mid eighties, mm-hmm. I think is really great. Cause a lot of these, a lot of things we see like period pieces or like movies that are back in the twenties or whatever, you know, you always have 
such a budget to get the cars, to get the costumes, to get everything kind of right, you know, or yeah. like uh, historically accurate. And um, the fact they were able to, without really a, a budget, to get that level of like 80s horror B-list look and aesthetic, I thought was was great. I mean, it was that in itself, because for me, if I if I didn't know the premise of it, I'd be like, I, I could I would think that it was filmed like this is from the 80s, mm-hmm. you know, and that that in itself, I think, is is really remarkable, even down to like how they do the opening credits and him floating <laughs> in the space in his typewriter and, you know, and having, you know, what was the line where he's like, if you're looking at the wires, then you're a fucking idiot. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. Well, Josh was saying He's if like, you watch a puppet show, you're not looking at the strings. Right, you know they're there, but it doesn't, you know, those that, like, pay attention to, like, the details, like, they're not paying attention to the drama. And it's, it's not even what he said, it's just, like, you can tell, and that's what I mean, like, he's so fucking full of himself. Anytime, like, and the, so every episode starts with him, like, reading from one of his books, and <laughs> yeah. it's all terrible. It's like, maggots, the maggots, maggots, maggots. And my favorite one was when he was, like, uh. The ground below her was covered in blood because she was bleeding to death. (laughs) (laughs) Shit like that. But I love, yeah, when he's like spinning around on the typewriter, he goes, um, I'm Garth Marenghi, author, dream weaver, visionary plus actor. Um, And then when it goes into the show, into the show within a show, the uh, the title on the the text on the screen, it says um, it always makes me laugh every time I see it. Based on melodies originally whistled by Garth Marenghi. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, that cracked me up. Little fucking details that you might not even notice if you're not paying attention. Oh. But it's just so good. What, um, that, I mean, having a whole episode. So they have the, like, they're making fun of the pretentious kind of artists, like creators. Yeah. Those that, you know, talk about acting in a way that you're just like, shut up. Like, you know what I mean? But like, yeah. but they go into the whole episode of. Like Scott, Scotch, Scott. Yeah, Man. which is so brilliant. Where they're like, you know, because all these, um, you know, you get these art, you get these like authors or actors or celebrities or whatever that are like, I'm gonna make a fucking statement, you know, like I'm gonna solve racism or like I'm gonna solve <laughs> like prejudice or whatever. And then so the whole joke is like this guy who's like just doesn't like Scotland. He like hates Scottish <laughs> people, and he's like, because you have to experience. be a bigger bigot. To take out the other bigoted, bigots. Bigots. and he's like, and he goes and he breaks. He's like, okay, you know what? I'm sorry. I had a, I, I had a bad trip. I've had people go there. They say it's fine. I'm <laughs> sure you guys are great. Like it's, it's just little things that it, it's dumb, but there's a very pointed yeah. purpose to it, which I, which I think separates it from people. No, no, it's, it's, it. it's, yeah. it's dumb, but it's clearly very intelligent. That's the, yeah. I was, you, you, know. ha- you have to be intelligent to make something this fucking stupid. Like Richard Ayoade is a Cambridge grad. Um, you know, he's obviously very intelligent yeah. and like they, this was born out of an Edinburgh fringe show, like a, like a stage mm. show, like the Garth Marenghi character and it was a stage show. And then they got <laughs> to do a, take it to channel four um, to make a TV show out of it. So I, I, just, I love shit like that. I think, I mean, that's, that's brilliant. I'd love to see that one man show. Garth <laughs> right, Marenghi yeah. is like, at, like almost like, you know, a. uh, uh the ladies man skit on SNL, like back in the day, like mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But for like a horror writer, like I, that's the, what I, I picture in my head when you think of like a, a theater production of Garth Marenghi's <laughs> dark place, but also down to like, so it really 
made me appreciate the fact of like putting like a model of like a hospital or like any kind <laughs> yeah. of set and then just zooming in on a random place. <laughs> yeah, the they would hospital. just zoom out the window on the on the very front side facing thing was like oh we're in this building now <laughs> yeah and it's and that i think is so effective just establishing place yeah. you know like dark place and then you zoom in and then you're in the office or yeah. you're in the cafeteria or the hallway you know and well, well and and like what i found really interesting too was for any type of filmmaking when you watch something like this and it works as well as it does and it's as funny as it is because production and things are are bad I think it makes you realize that you don't have to be as precious about everything, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I for, for me, at least, a lot of the stifling factors in filming things on my own and while I'm trying to do things like that is this idea that it's not up to, you know, editing-wise or production-wise or whatever is not up to par. And it's it's just watching something like this being like, it doesn't have to. You just have to do what you're doing. Yeah, you, you should make it work. Yeah. Yeah. And you they have did, to own I it. Like. Yeah, you have to own oh, it. Oh, 100%. 100%. And speaking of owning it, I would like to segue quickly to the best scene in the series from the final episode. From the final episode, yeah. Brandon and I both agree, I think. What a musical montage. Yeah, when they, when they go into the 80s song. Uh, Richard Aoti dropping a rap. Well, so here's the thing. It starts off like a 80s like power, not even a power ballad, but like a you know, one of those like power rock songs. Uh, yeah. With uh, again Matt Berry singing, clearly overdubbed, mm-hmm. um, and it's like, oh yeah, this is like a and then and like it's a about guitar his solo. love, his love for Liz, right? Like it's he's mad yeah. He so can't like get there's the, the the character <laughs> Liz uh, missing, presumed dead, uh, <laughs> which is why she never shows up. In the, which I think is so they just drop it. It's like, yeah, it's a shame. So so really quickly before we talk about it, that is um, episode four has my two favorite quotes. I think. And the first one we already talked about was like, a, I know writers who use subtext, they're all cowards. I think that's brilliant. And the very last line is Dean Lerner when he talks about Liz. He's like, oh, you know, it's a shame, you know, uh, Madeline, the actress is uh, missing, presumed dead. Uh, and she was great. But, you know, she was like a candle in the wind. Unreliable. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so fucking perfect. But um, so she's she's like the butt of a lot of the jokes. Uh, she she comes in and she's just clearly like you know and they even say it's like you know like I like women I just you know none of them want to work with me and he's just <laughs> clearly so sexist and and she's like you know a psychic but her powers get out of whack when she's PMSing and they all make fun of her for it a great recurring visual gag is that I love is when anytime anyone yells at her it imme- immediately cuts to her and her makeup's all running and she's like crying and her hair's all fucking nuts but uh, she has a crush on, of course, uh, Garth Marenghi's character, Rick Douglas, <laughs> and he's like, fuck you. Like, I don't care about you. And then Todd Rivers' character, Lucian Sanchez, has an unrequited crush on her. So they have this great bit in the car where she's like, do you want to go to dinner? And Douglas is like, no, I'm busy. And then he's like, I'll go to dinner. And she's like, I have a headache. <laughs> um, and then he's like, fine, whatever. I'll put on a song. <laughs> and then it goes into this instrumental, this great fucking 80s classic guitar it sounds perfectly in the period. Like I would believe this is an 80s song. He's singing. And then out of fucking nowhere, Dean Lerner with the bars, <laughs> just the flow. And it's like so awkward, but he's actually like not a bad yeah. rapper. And it like totally fits in with that aesthetic. Um, I agree, Brandon. It's like my favorite sequence in the whole fucking show. It's uh, I mean, it for me, 
and I told you this is before the podcast, but I had been unsure, you know, I was like, I'm enjoying the shit out of this show, but it didn't fully click in until that moment. And then I was like, ah, now I got to go back and watch through the whole thing again. Yeah. Like yeah, that was the moment where I was like, Ooh, okay. You got me. Yeah. I, th- I definitely think it's, it's a cool little, um, yeah, it's, it's a cool little ditty to, to, to put on like what Caleb's been doing, you know, every year, kind of like a go through your little journey, you know, <laughs> um, I, I can't believe we haven't talked about the, the eyeball who fucks the other guy. <laughs> yeah. And there's so many bits. My, yeah. yeah it, giving birth. Cause his son is like a grasshopper. Yeah. And that whole bit of like <laughs> him playing games with the son, but obviously not letting him win because because he's a fucking egotistical it, maniac. Yeah. yeah, like when it goes to the footage of him, yeah. you know, um, it's it's things like that that what you can do just to just to have fun and just to like you know throw I would say throw seriousness to the wind, but just like don't take yourself seriously. You know, you have to <laughs> you it? have to be smart about it to like what you said, like lean into it and like. We have no budget. We're doing it this kind of a thing, so we have to do it fully all the way, right? Yeah, yeah, Down yeah. to like even the bad like monkey to the bit. makeup, you know, and things like that. And um, now these doctors are working for peanuts, literally. <laughs> <laughs> so I just I feel, you know, like when you when you we, we create our own stuff, you know, we have to definitely not put them, you know, make it the best to our abilities, but don't put that pressure on yourself, right? You know, yeah. Because yeah, I think yeah. it's, I, I mean, just something like this definitely shows it's more important to do than to Yeah, because obviously all we're having just like a fucking blast. That's, sorry, that's the other thing which we, we haven't talked about. I cannot fucking imagine what the blooper reel for this thing looks like. I mean, again, they're all obviously <laughs> hilarious people, hilarious actors to have to bring it down to these very specific hilarious characters that are doing bad acting on purpose. They must've been cracking each other up fucking constantly. Like it must've been a constant break show. Yeah. I don't, there aren't really bloopers for this show that are out that are out there. If you get the DVD, um, there is an hour of extra like talking heads like of them, uh, like of them, like, <laughs> uh, the documentary, like they just like of like one liners of them talking about it. And that's very funny. And then something that I think is really brilliant that they that they did. Um, they had, there's a commentary, but they're still in character as like mm. Garth Marenghi, Dean Lerner, Todd Rivers. And you can tell like they with the commentary over the episodes, they allow themselves to get a bit more like petty and testy. Like clearly they don't have a good working relationship. Oh, um, huh. And when they when they did press for this show, it was all in character. Ah, oh, fantastic! Um, so you yeah. can go and like try to find like when they, as Garth Marenghi and Dean Lerner, <laughs> were doing like interviews. Oh. Uh, and so I just it's just consummate professionalism. Like they're all just like really good actors <sighs> and improvisers. So I'm That's sure amazing. I'm sure Brandon. Um, there there was they probably broke a lot but like they didn't show that to us right because the whole joke is that they're keeping this illusion alive that it's a real show oh, so. oh yeah and I, and I only mean in the vein of how much fun they're having yeah not they, in they there like they it. clearly if they don't want to break those got like richard aote might be the best in the world at not breaking yeah he's very just deadpan he's very sitting like, in the uh, like awkwardness he might be the best in the world at that so yeah no yeah. these guys don't want to break it's just i i mean again it's their thing 
You know, I, I, I'm sure they were having the best time. And they've all gone. So I don't, I don't know. Um, Madeline wool is the, um, actress who played Liz. Mm-hmm. And, um, I haven't seen her really in anything else. And, uh, it's so funny because I just, uh, Matthew Holness also isn't in a ton of things. The guy who plays yeah. Garth Marenghi, but I just watched Bly Manor over the weekend, the, mm. the new Netflix thing. Yeah. And he's got a, a part in that. Uh, yeah. And I was so like, that's your Garth Marenghi. You can't be in this serious drama. No, you're, you're, uh, <laughs> you're Rick Douglas. It was just so funny. How did he do? Um, he was okay. I mean, like it was very distracting because you're Garth Marenghi, <laughs> uh, but he was, I mean, he was good. He's a good, I mean, he's, he's a good actor. He's, he was fine. Yeah. He's a supporting character. He's not a lead, but uh, the point was, uh, and Matt Barry and Richard Iwata have worked together on like everything, like since. Like I, I feel like they met on this show, and like they were both starred in the IT crowd together. Yeah. Uh, they both like cameo in each other's shows all the time. So that's yeah. like they, that's clearly a really strong working relationship, and you can tell when their scenes are together. It's Absolutely. really, it's really, it's really quick. They're both very like Absolutely. sharp and, and witty and stuff. So, what do you guys think? I love, oh, there's so many more bits I, that I could talk about forever. I love the, I know when he's like, uh, I got into medicine for the laughs that and the pussy <laughs> just like quotes like that, man. Or Sorry. The Josh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna, I was gonna say, isn't there a moment where Dean says like in one of the commentary about him, like hitting children or something? Yeah, there, he had to there's smack something. One of the child yeah, actors. smack one of the child actors. Yeah, and yeah. he doesn't like. He, he doesn't. But just on the back of the head. <laughs> the, I also thought um, I wanted to mention like that the la- the bookmarking end scenes of him on the roof all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah which yeah. I found hilarious, but didn't that very much feel like there was some uh, some some inspiration taken from the room? In the best way. Oh, yeah, probably. Maybe. Like, that's what I kept thinking, you know? It does uh, just look like eerily the, similar to that. It looks threat. eerily similar. Well, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I mean, love, there's a lot of tropes. You can, like, you know, speak all day on them. And, like, in terms of, like, the thoughts, like, the inner thoughts, the inner monologues of, of Garth Marenghi and the, or the Doctor, you know, of him contemplating life's many kind of trials and tribulations and what he has to deal with and, you know, it. I mean, with his son and then his like his new son with the egg, but then he ends up beating the shit out of it because it bites its finger, you know, and then, um, yeah, it very clever, very witty, very smart. And I think that's what's, you know, we need more of in terms of like, yeah, Yeah. because there's, I mean, there's like what we had, what we had, you know, last week with like grandma's boy. It's like, it's a, a silly stoner comedy from 2006 that. You know, it works for yeah. a specific group of people. This one also, I think, works for a very specific group of people. But I think it's <laughs> also true. a different like. <laughs> it's it is very specific. Yeah, I, I I there's probably people who think this shit's stupid and not funny, but 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 there's there's more uh, there's more in this. There's more layers. I do this. think that yes, there's a level know. there's a level of craft in this mm-hmm. when you're writing something like Absolutely. this versus oh, no, it's so like, intricate. Yeah, you know, it's a uh, lot of work to make something this. Yeah, the complex, intricate. Yeah. You know, the layer. only thing I think would make it better, like I, I do, I do wish there was more, because like I think there's so much more that you can do with this concept, and I would have really loved had they been able to like get an audience in 2004 when they were airing, and um, flesh out 
and like create more seasons. Um, I would have loved to have seen a more direct through line with like Garth Marenghi, like their, their like first layer characters, like yeah. the people who made the dark place show. Cause there are these little bits of like, yeah, you find out yeah. about like how, you know, you had the son who died and, or, or in no, sorry, in real life, he only has daughters and he wants a son. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not even that he lost a son. He just never got to have one. Um, so he wrote the episode to like, as it like so as, ridiculous. to mourn that. the son that he never had because his <laughs> wife is like Pam, who only gave me girls or like whatever. There's like little bits of like, like we were saying, like uh, Todd Rivers, like Matt Berry's character's alcoholism, I think could have been explored more. I really would have liked to have seen. There are like hints that Dean Lerner like kills women and that he killed <laughs> that he killed Matt, like the, the actress who played Liz oh, wow. um, where he's like, yeah, I, I, if I were to guess, you know, she's buried in the Eastern block. If she got a burial, like, I, I just feel like they were setting up like to have yeah. a narrative going on and you can still go. And then like, they would continue to make like the dark place show and make fun of sci-fi and horror tropes and all that stuff. But oh, yeah. I, I feel like, this is a brilliant setup, and I just wish that they had been afforded the opportunity to keep going. Was it because of the viewer? Like just, nobody fucking watched. Nobody this when watched it. Came it. Out. Yeah. Like it's. Yeah. I mean, which is I get it because it was on. Uh, they said it was on like later in the day. It wasn't like a prime time kind of slot. No, it was, it was more, a weird time slot, and also I mean, just from what I've read, they like didn't advertise it. Yeah. So like, there you go. Um, but in the States, it had reruns on sci-fi, it had reruns on Adult Swim, and it's gotten like a really big cult following. It, uh, it seems like it would. It would find a, a, a better cult following over well, here. From people who like appre- like understand what they're doing and, under- and and appreciate that that level of work, what we were saying. You know, mm-hmm. it's, I, you know, there, there's people that are going to walk around that's gonna, that can sit down and be like, no, this is objectively why it's so smart. Yeah. Like, it's not... It's not for everybody, but like if you but, can get if you get it, if you understand the reasoning behind it, it's you just keep finding those things from those layers and then it yeah. just keeps building on itself. So hopefully maybe there'll be a reboot. Hope yep. maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I mean they're all like <laughs> they all have like families and shit and they all have like their movie careers. I would I would love for them to revisit it though. If to do like an even further you know, I'd like to see like a documentary or mockumentary style of just now, like where those, you know, the fake actors are. The fake actors are. <laughs> yeah. Well, because they, in the world of the show, it's established mm. there are 50 episodes of Dark Place. Right. So they have what they were six. Room. So they have, they have 44 more. Right. Up to 44 more they can do. So I don't, it'd be, it'd be funny if like, oh, we just found these new six episode batch. We just <laughs> restored them. Let's do a comment. You know, who fucking does? Yeah. But yeah. Um, Ratings done? I don't know how to like rate a TV show uh, because, you know, there are some episodes I like more than others. I think you got to generalize the season, unfortunately, yeah. for a rating. We talk about ratings all uh, in terms of just like, what did you, what, did, what was the experience that you had watching at this time? You know, by, by the end for me, I was at like a 3.5. I think if I watch it again, that's going to keep going up. Like I started at like a three. You know, I was like, oh, this is just right in the middle for me, you know, and then as it started going up and up. And then I think if I was to go through it again, it would continue to go up as I dig deeper into this show. I think it's that type of thing. Yeah, I, I would have to do I'd have to do a three in terms of a general. If I look back at where I was at after episode six, having enjoyed what I watched, I would give mm-hmm. it yeah, solid three for me. I think this is one of the smartest TV shows ever made. 
Um, I do wish that they had been able to go farther and, and make more, but I think it's fucking funny. Uh, I, I, it sits at like a, like a 4.5 for me, I think. Mm. And I think, I think if you guys go back and revisit at some point, you'll, you'll appreciate it. Yeah. You've had, you've had that time to like watch it a few times and yeah, it, it, it definitely seems like that is the the thing. It's it's even by the time you know me and Josh both said this. By the time I got to the sixth episode, I was like, ah, fuck. Like I <laughs> I, I wish I had like started it again because now I know the characters. Now I know what's going on. I even, like the first episode. I didn't even fully grasp what the conceit what the was. Fuck like, is happening? Yeah, yeah like what are, what are we doing? And like yeah. so, you know, it takes you a minute. But once you yeah, so so now I got to go back because I missed all the jokes in the first two episodes. Yeah, you know, yeah. but it's hilarious and so unique. Mm-hmm. Thanks for giving so it a Thank shot. you for, yeah, no, thank you for <laughs> suggesting it. It is now my turn, and I'm actually really excited the more I think about it, because I'm oh going God. hard into the horror. Good. The daddy of them all. Oh, no. Uh, I think we're going to do, I, I mentioned before, you guys know my pick, that this 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, considered probably one of the best horror movies made i have seen the the remake in 2003 but i haven't seen the, i haven't seen the original so I'm we were looking, talking about this the other day me and i'm Josh. looking forward oh, i'm looking forward to uh to seeing where where because a lot of i doing mild research whatever 74s i think it's uh the toby Texas, hooper right? toby hooper yeah yeah that texas chainsaw massacre movie helped you know with the hills have eyes that came out later in the decade and like alien and stuff like that like it all kind of stemmed to like influence other horror genre like movies so i'm really excited to it's on the criterion channel mm-hmm. um and yeah i'm actually i'm excited to turn the lights off turn the volume up make some popcorn and just be fucking scared leatherface yeah <laughs> leatherface it's baby to be great i haven't i've i actually also have not seen it i've but i have seen who is it it's it's not jessica alba it's uh, uh no Jessica it's Jessica Beale, Beale, right? Jessica Beale. Jessica Beale. Yeah. Right. Jessica Beale. Jessica Beale and um Jonathan Tucker. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh right. That's a movie where he must die. Uh, so Brandon, have you there seen you it? Go. The original? <laughs> uh no, nope, have not seen it. Great. Seen the I, I look forward to a nice classic like yeah. Halloween movie. No, so, it'll be yeah, good. And it's, sure. on, it's on Criterion, so I'm sure they have a bunch of other cool shit talking about it too. So that'll be fun. Cool. Yeah. Be very afraid, guys. Leatherface next week. All right. Thank you guys for listening to this episode <laughs> of 3M Affairs Podcast. Uh, find us on Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else that you can find podcasts. Yep. Uh, please make sure you check out our uh, interview with Tim Kalkoff from The Cake Maker. It's mm-hmm. on Twitch, our Twitch handle at twitch.tv slash 3M Affairs Podcast with not the number three, uh, letter three. And it should be up on YouTube at some point, too. And we're still working on getting it to the podcast uh, stuff. But it's definitely there. So check that out. Brandon and I, I think, did a great job interviewing. I'm getting some information. Um, And probably, hopefully, more to come. So. All right, guys. Next week, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Can't wait. Have a great, great weekend. (laughs)